Welcome to Real Relationship Goals, a podcast all about the realities of healthy relationships. Real Relationship Goals is a project of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual violence or harassment and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources and our hotline number can be found in the description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of their organizations or affiliates. Everybody. Welcome back to Real Asianship Goals' newest segment, Community Partner Spotlights. Today, we are here with an organization that's very near and dear to our hearts. It's the Advocacy Center. Surprise! It's us. We're our own special guests today, um, but I've got Amy here um, joining us today. So, Amy, tell me a little bit about our organization. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for letting me come on. Um, so, at the Advocacy Center, we work with victims of all kinds of crime. We are an umbrella agency with three different departments, the Victim Center, Children's Advocacy Center, and Prevention and Education. Um, the Victim Center offers the 24-hour crisis hotline. Anyone that calls the hotline will talk to either a hotline staff member or a volunteer advocate. Victims of sexual assault are the most common callers, and staff and advocates also go to the hospitals with these victims of sexual assault. The Victim Center also offers counseling and case management, and counseling is free of charge if the client is eligible. The Children's Advocacy Center offers forensic interviews, multidisciplinary case tracking, forensic medical exams, case management, and counseling. And again, counseling is free of charge if the client is eligible. And then the prevention and education, and I'll let you explain. <laughs> Best department for last. It's totally okay. <laughs> um, I'll say everybody's a little familiar, I think, at this point with what we do, which is a little bit of anything and a little bit of everything. Um, so that can include groups that we facilitate in schools, outside of schools, dipping our toes into the community organizing, learning a little bit more about what that looks like. Hopefully you guys are already following us on social media, whether it's at, at Advocacy Waco or at ACCVC underscore prevention. And if you're listening to this, that means that you're probably keeping up with our podcast, Real Relationship Goals. If not, I don't know how you got here, but I'm so glad you're joining us. So that's just a little drop in the bucket about all the different things that we do. Yes. And I love it. Y'all do tabling events <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun. I actually did one this weekend with you guys. So it was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's our three departments. A little bit about us. Uh, feel free to check more out at our website. Um, feel free to check out more information on that. Um, but kind of stepping in, we love to focus on hope and on the joy uh, that comes from like, community work and being engaged in such a wonderful community like Waco. So kind of in that vein, what would you say is your hope for Waco? My hope for Waco is that the community learns more about the Advocacy Center and the services that we offer and can use those services to their advantage. I also hope that we can help make Waco and our surrounding partnering counties a better and safer place because we do service six counties. 
Yeah, so what are ways that uh, folks can get involved with the work that we're doing here? Okay, we are always looking for volunteers here at the Advocacy Center. I myself am partial to the crisis hotline <laughs> because I'm the coordinator. So I will give you a little bit of information about that and then I'll kind of add some stuff at the end. We at the Crisis Hotline have volunteer advocates. To be an advocate, you must first have a clear background check, which is run here in the office. Once you're clear, you must attend a mandatory 40-hour training class, and that class is required by the State of Texas Office of Attorney General. And after attending the training and getting a couple shadow shifts, which is basically watching the primary advocate and how they do everything, then you can sign up to be a primary advocate. As an advocate, you'll answer the crisis hotline and report to the hospital if they call reporting a victim. And the advocate sits with the victim and they are basically their advocate the entire time that they are at the hospital to get their exam and get any medications and things like that. We do have an application that's online. You can go to our website. Again, there is a background check. There is a form that has to be notarized. We do have three notaries here in the office. All of this is free of charge. You don't have to pay for anything, but we do have to have all of that. And then you're good to go. We have volunteers that do other things. I know we do have people help with designer purse bingo. And the Mardi Gras ball, you can also attend both of those and that helps the agency. And we have Christmas adoption that we do every year, which is really fun. I got to be in charge of that last year. So it was fun. Really just can't emphasize enough how meaningful uh, the work of the hotline is, especially just the advocate system. It can be very difficult work and it can be very heavy, um, but I think it's very understated, not intentionally, but I think it is very understated how truly impactful it is on survivors that we are working with because you have someone there that is just for you yes. and is there to protect you in a very specific way right? Um, because it's in a time whenever you have lost a lot of your autonomy, they're there to help ensure that you have that space and that you have that dignity in that time. And I think that's such a special thing that I'm so glad that we we have together. It's incredible. Yes, I, I think it, it is an amazing program. And I do think it's important to know too, as an advocate, you can get counseling here if you go on a call that is really, really rough. I myself have had to. It's, you know, not the easiest thing, but it is definitely rewarding. And it's nice to be able to just at the end of the day, you know, wish someone well and know that I did everything I can to help them. Please, absolutely. If that feels like something that you're interested in participating in and in a way that you can give back to the community, please reach out to us. We would be overjoyed to have you as a part of the ACCVC community here. Um, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for sharing a little bit more about what we do here. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
story for this episode. Uh, I will be talking about Two Night Stand. And basically the movie is about Alec and Megan who meet through an online dating website and they decide to meet in person. And when they meet in person for the first time, they hook up. I'm not going to get into detail about that. <laughs> um, some people might know what that means. And they find themselves stuck in Alex's apartment um, during a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. So they are eventually forced to get to know one another and all of their internal struggles with life and dating. Um, and so as they learn more about one another, their emotional connection starts to, starts to grow. And like basically the whole concept of this story is like how hookup culture has kind of taken over in the online dating um, life and just dating overall, but just turning and flipping that and just like how they got the opportunity to be able to fall for one another and grow with one another. Yeah, so that was my story. Online dating is something that's really popular, I guess, more common, really, than anything else. And a lot of it is attributed to the dating apps that there are now. But also long distance relationships are kind of going up in popularity. So what do we think it means to be safe when we're dating online? And with that, how do we treat other people with respect when we do date online? I definitely think we can attribute a lot of online dating to the apps mm-hmm. <laughs> as they shall be referred to as such but like long distance relationships I feel like are something that we see a lot more now because we have technology to support them mm-hmm. more so than ever before so like you can do video chats and I came ill prepared that was that's <laughs> like the only example I could think of right now we have video chats and just like social media so like even just like long distance friendships can stay uh, kindled a little bit longer and long distance friend groups through like zoom calls and things like that so just long distance relationships of all kinds I think are just a little bit more prevalent now than they used to be or maybe I'm just biased because this is the time that I'm living in rather than any other but it seems like they're a lot more prevalent now yeah I think so too just for the simple fact people have different circumstances in life and Mm so it might cause them to do different things and yeah social media plays a big role in how online dating um goes Mm -hmm. and also it just you can can rekindle your relationship a little bit longer Mm -hmm. even if you're not in person um with the facetime and the video chatting and the text messaging and all those such things of nature But yeah, I agree with that. Online relationships are just as real and valid as Mm -hmm. in-person relationships. There's not one that is not more normal than the other. They are both very, very normal and both very prevalent and exist in this time. Both online and in-person relationships can either be perceived as healthy or unhealthy. So today we're just going to focus on like the online romantic relationships. So what are our thoughts on that? I think a big part of it is like, kind of like Maria was asking earlier, whenever we're engaging in these spaces of online dating, like what does respect look like Mm -hmm. in those spaces? And I think that it can also be up to folks 
outside of those relationships as well to be respectful because mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of sometimes like judgment or kind of like comments and things like that about folks that are either like maybe like I've had students before that like a lot of their friends are online like their online friends that they've made either through games or through communities online and things like that mm -hmm. and um, I think that it's very easy and tempting to be dismissive of, of those things mm -hmm. and like of those relationships even though like those connections are just as real yeah. and they can be just as real um, especially the healthy ones <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we want to celebrate we want to celebrate all connections that we're able to make because that's one of the things that makes the internet so awesome mm -hmm. is it gives us this capability to connect globally yeah. in ways that we just really couldn't otherwise um that's been one of my favorite things about i'm going a little bit off track i'll circle back in i promise <laughs> um but that's been one of my i'm just i'm defending the internet now but what's one, one of my favorite things about tiktok also is i feel like there's just this new capacity to celebrate mm -hmm. each other's experiences and cultures in a really incredible way and you get to form these connections with people that you would just never ever have a chance of meeting otherwise yeah. so i think that it's really important that uh, we talk about respect within the relationship and engaging in those things in that way but also for people on the outside to also be acknowledging um online relationships with respect as well and i think kind of going with that respect is the disrespect which yes. mm -hmm. true on the other side of the coin the flip side yeah is the disrespect and so one of the ones that we are very much against here um in our PNA department is ghosting number one no 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 <laughs> so I mean if at some point you're talking to someone and you're just like hey I'm not really vibing with you it is okay to tell them hey thank you but no thanks yeah like I think we're just gonna cut it right here or if the person you're talking to doesn't feel like they're a safe person, like maybe they've made some comments or anything like that, you're getting red flags, you can kind of go no contact or whatever if that's the safest thing to do. But just kind of ghosting someone because you're not, not into it and just kind of leaving them hanging isn't really respectful to them. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you're treating everyone with the dignity and respect that they deserve mm -hmm. with that. Because it's kind of unfair to the other person that's on the receiving side mm -hmm. of ghosting, especially like if you and this person have never contacted in person before, mm -hmm. I think it's quite easy to ghost someone in that way Yes, because I've never met this person and I honestly don't plan on meeting this person just because like I'm not kind of vibing with this or this is not for me. This situation is not for me. Um, I think it's just really unfair to the other person that's on the receiving side. We can do things and be clear about things without hurting someone else's feelings and taking other people's feelings in consideration. Yeah. There's a way to get out of a situation that is not particularly for you mm -hmm. without being very mean or just standoffish mm -hmm. about it. Um, so just being clear, clear is kind, yes. clear communication, clear and concise communication is kind um, and can be very well respected mm -hmm. in the long run. So, yeah. 
And I think something that goes hand in hand, ghosting is blocking people mm. for sure. And I mean, blocking is a very, very legitimate feature that needs to exist for safety purposes. Mm -hmm. I am not an anti-blocking person. I have blocked people in the past. I'm sure I will block them in the future <laughs> mm. because it, like I said, it's just a safety feature. There are unsafe people out in the world that are not entitled to our time or our space. And we are allowed to draw boundaries, especially whenever previously drawn boundaries are being disrespected. Sometimes we just got to use technology to draw a little bit of a firmer boundary that cannot be crossed. Mm -hmm. um, so that is definitely something that can be okay, depending on the situation. It's something we'd even encourage, depending on your situation, because your safety is always going to be our top priority, for mm -hmm. sure. Everybody's safety is always our top priority. And then immediately under that top priority is treating folks with the dignity and, and respect that they're entitled to, for sure. But we would just, same with ghosting, never recommend blocking as your go-to solution mm -hmm. to disagreements. Like if you're fighting with a friend or you're fighting with your partner, blocking them just to shut down the conversation is not cool. Mm -hmm. um, you should never use blocking as like a form of like a punishment mm -hmm. for somebody else that's pretty manipulative and kind of icky mm -hmm. so I'd say that um, that could be another peony no-no mm -hmm. is like blocking somebody as a form of like manipulation because it's, it's gonna be very emotionally manipulative mm -hmm. as well because it's like oh like if I'm disagreeing with you and you just automatically block me so I like the conversation is just immediately shut out you're cutting off like my agency in that space so it's hard or in a form of trying to coerce them to give you what you want yes mm -hmm. that is not the way to go um never use blocking as a form of manipulation in any aspect because in life in general we're not going to always get what we want and we will sometimes have disagreements with people where we don't agree on certain things but blocking is never a positive solution to resolving that issue mm -hmm. so kind of with all that being said let's say you are you know kind of vibing with this person getting to know them online I would say is a lot different than in person mm -hmm. because you are behind that screen and you don't have to like you can kind of take your time with your responses it's kind of on your time it's easier to like be a little bit more confident when you're not having to like look directly at this person you don't know and talk about you know my favorite color is so and so it, it kind of removes that anxiety too it has a level of anxiety with it of well, like you it has the capability of making it feel like you can be more vulnerable yeah because there's kind of that level of like like a degree of anonymity like to an extent because it's like oh like I don't really know you so I can it's kind of like the whole like asking a stranger in the grocery store like casually like oh how you doing and then they tell you like the most devastating life story you've ever heard for like 10 minutes straight and then they just kind of walk away mm. I feel like it can be like that so it's like it takes away the anxiety of being vulnerable mm -hmm but it increases the level of anxiety of I don't know this person mm -hmm. especially whenever you may be wanting to get more vulnerable about different things 
And as like, if you're trying to like pursue a relationship of any kind with them, they're just kind of like, oh, I don't really know like this person that I'm revealing all these deep and intimate mm-hmm. things to. So there's just that uncertainty mm-hmm. about it as well. It's like, even when you're able to be vulnerable with a person on the other side of that screen, you know, sharing private and personal information is scary mm-hmm. and just induces that level of anxiety because you have not met this person yet and you've told this person some personal information and you don't know how they're going to take it or how they're going to just are they going to keep that to themselves or will they share that with other people you know the confidentially uh confidentiality portion of that as well so that uncertainty can be a big portion of that as well it just kind of like there's a degree of where like accountability mm-hmm. is not thrown out the window because that sounds really dramatic mm-hmm. um but there is in a lot of ways a lot less accountability mm-hmm. in just a variety of ways because like kind of returning back to the, like oh i don't really know this person i don't owe this person anything but then at the same like which is kind of different from oh if you're meeting up with someone in person for like a first date or something like that there's just I think kind of there's different pressures that are there of like I'm sitting across from this person if I make a move and they reject it I am probably going to respond differently than in some situations that we see on like dating apps where it's like oh I'm going to make a move and I'm rejected and then I lash out Mm-hmm. And I'm going to insult you and the way that you look, yep. and I'm going to call you nasty names. Whereas if I'm sitting across from you in person, mm-hmm. you might throw a drink in my face. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm probably instead just going to not lash out as much. I mean, maybe if you're really bold, <laughs> maybe, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like just the whole space is different in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Dynamics are so different. So kind of talking about like meeting up in person, mm-hmm. you know, you've been talking for a bit and you decide, okay, it's time for a first date. Mm-hmm. Going out in somewhere that's public mm-hmm. um, is always the safest choice. Yeah. Letting other people know where you're going to be and where also, because mm-hmm. I mean, there is the fact that you don't know that this person, who this person is. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of different, different kind of people out there. Um, be honest about what you're comfortable with and if someone's saying like oh well, let's just go back to my place like you have the right to say no mm-hmm. um, and don't let yourself be pressured to do anything that makes you just uncomfy and read into that mm-hmm. like if you say I want to do this and they make maybe it's an innocent suggestion of like oh or like hey we could do this instead and you're like oh I would feel more comfortable if they continue to push read into that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want to be engaging with someone who's respectful of your boundaries um, and who wants to honor those things and who want you want to be with someone that wants you to be comfortable that's Mm -hmm. that's one of the main goals especially with like meeting up in person and meeting in a public place like oh pressuring someone into like oh well you're like an hour away or you're like 15 minutes away I can come and swoop you and we can go do this and if you're really really prominent about meeting in public places driving in separate vehicles or and things like that just making sure like no I would prefer if we just met up right here you know mm-hmm. stick to the original plan um you know just being cautious of that mm-hmm. you know for sure 
when you have this relationship with someone, um, it's important to recognize like what are some green flags and red flags like we've talked about before, and go just go mm-hmm. back. Um, and just kind of like some healthy ways of knowing that there are some ways of knowing that you're healthy when you're dating online. Um, is if you and this person are talking and you can share the same interests, you can kind of celebrate each other's wins inline and off uh offline, um, things like that, and any kind of unhealthy ones would be the more like uh manipulative ones where proof like send me proof of where you're at you know who are you with what are you doing um where are you you know send me your location so i can make sure that you're where you're at um (laughs) things like that and it's just Mm -hmm. you know those are always a sign of, of something else that's going on not probably not the safest place or person to be with and I mean, just also um, like another like unhealthy sign or a, a possible unhealthy characteristic in specifically an online uh, relationship that's very similar to one that would be not, not not online. But if they're making you feel bad about spending time doing things that are like non-online things or things that don't engage specifically them, mm-hmm. like they're it's a, just another form of isolation. Um, It's kind of an attempt to keep you all to themselves, Mm -hmm. not encouraging your relationships with other people Mm -hmm. and your relationships with like hobbies and interests that you have that may not be in that online space. Um, So that's just something to definitely keep an eye out for. Um, And then like making like demands on your time. I feel like it's important to differentiate from value and quality time because Mm -hmm. it's one thing to be like, oh, I would love if we were intentional and set aside like this time each week to spend together um, because that's important that we're able to spend time. Like it, like if you're in a relationship, it's important to spend time together for sure. Mm-hmm. But if they're demanding all of your time or they're being like, no, you can't go here with these people or no, you can't do that. Or um, like I even like small things of like, even if you do have that dedicated intentional time, not making exceptions Mm-hmm. like every now and then it's okay if you're like oh well we could just move it yeah or like maybe we just don't get that time right now but that's okay we'll just take more time later so um just kind of being flexible it seems like a great place to kind of begin transitioning into our relationship goal which i have for <laughs> us today um so we want to encourage you just in this week to um take the time to make a list about how you would like to be treated in relationships, not even just your romantic relationships, but it could be um, a good time to reflect on current relationships that you have and even how you may be treating the other people in your life. Are you treating all of your relationships in your life the way that you want to be treated? Mm -hmm. What are potential areas of growth? Things like that. So take some time, make that list. You could even make separate lists, how I'd like to be treated by a romantic partner how I want to be treated by my friends, how I'd like to be treated by my family, and just kind of take some time to sit with those lists and just kind of reflect on those things. Mm-hmm. So that's our relationship goal. I think, Ariana, you have our recommendation. I do. And my recommendation is to binge watch all the Fast and Furious movies. Um, right now, they are currently on Netflix. Um, yeah. So you are a big Netflix watcher. Yes, watch all the Fast and Furious movies because I love them. Hopefully, hopefully you will love them too. <laughs> Strong recommendations. <Ooh. laughs> 
Thank you all for joining us once again for today's episode. We're looking forward to seeing you next week for episode four. Excited for that. Um, but in the meantime, if you're looking for some more prevention content, please uh, follow us on Instagram at ACCVC underscore prevention, or you can follow our big agency account at advocacy underscore Waco. Or if you want to just be alerted whenever we're uploading new episodes on YouTube, you can follow us on here also at ACC under, ACCVC underscore prevention, mm. all of those, and turn on our notifications so you never miss an episode. But either way, we're so glad you're here and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for tuning in to Real Relationship Goals. This episode was produced by the Prevention and Education Department of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. You can follow us on Instagram at ACCVC underscore prevention. See you next time.